0: Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. Happy November, everyone. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism we are on page 38, the third paragraph, starting with, some of you are thinking, going through that one paragraph, ending in, thanks for the information, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, Kathy S., Vanessa G., Dara L., Gloria B., Stacy H., Newcomer Greeter, Susan S. H., and the host for the second Awesome Unrecorded Hour, Barbara P. The reference numbers for yesterday, October 31st, 7 a.m., 19,577. That's 19577. And the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 19,578. That's 19578. OA Preamble. Carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Gloria B to read the 12 steps.
1: Please go ahead, Gloria. Uh, Good morning, Gloria B in Missouri. Um, Everyone, thank you for your service. Twelve steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and power to clear that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in our own affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do so with my cat.
0: Thank you so much, Gloria. I will now ask for Stacey H. to read the 12 traditions. Please go
2: ahead, Stacy.
3: Hi, this is Stacey, Stacey H in Virginia, and these are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, that he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group, Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for allowing me to do service.
0: If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we'll resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism. We are on page 38, the third paragraph, starting with some of you are thinking. And I'm going to ask Kathy S. to get us started. Please go ahead, Kathy.
4: Can't wait. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Some of you are thinking, yes, what you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well after what you have told us that such things cannot happen again. We have not lost everything in life through drinking, and we certainly do not intend to. Thanks for the information. A lot in this paragraph, and um, if I were to put one word on it, it would be the word yet, Um, because this was, and at times, my thinking when I first came into OA, I would hear some other stories the things that people did with food, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't done that, so maybe I'm not that bad, and my brain, my thinking will minimize this disease, I minimize the permanence of it, the progressiveness of it, the fatality that's that's associated with it, and I don't think that it's it's really that big of a deal, and if I don't understand my powerlessness to it, I'm dead. Um, so really where I really wanted to focus on is that word intend. Um, it is, I looked it up, to have in mind, first of all, as a goal or a plan or to direct the mind on a course. And the truth about my disease is I can't think my way out of it. Um, what I think about with this certainly do not intend to. What came to my mind is is the idea of faith without works is dead and the other idea that the road to hell is paved with intentions. And because intentions alone, thinking about it, deciding in my own head that, you know, okay, yeah, I'm a compulsive overeater. I don't have to, it's, I just won't do it again. Without the work of doing the steps on a daily basis and connecting with this fellowship and attending meetings and, and uh, seeking God earnestly, I'm as good as dead. Um, there's, there's nothing, I am powerless over this disease. And, and what I get the sense in this paragraph is some of you who are thinking this, that, that powerlessness has not taken hold yet. And, um, and so it's hard to have, for me, it was, it was hard to have that desperation to do the work that I need to do on a daily basis when I'm in this thought process. You know, again, listening to some of the symptoms, I was never morbidly obese, I didn't have um, diabetes or the threat of it. And, and so I thought I could control it with exercise. And the truth was, uh, even though I'm not exactly like everybody, um, other people, I have this disease. And, and as the course and the cycle of binging and exercising and restricting and it all just got greater and greater, it, it just got more and more dangerous. And, and I really got to the bottom and the powerlessness. And today I do have a, a certain intention of to not compulsively overeat. And that is followed up, however, with the action that I need to, to follow it through, to find the power greater than myself that can save my life today. So I'm grateful for these steps and grateful to be of service. And that's my time. So thank you. And I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Kathy S. Yes. Okay, so although we value your experience, strength, and hope when we take names and numbers, if you've shared in the last couple of days, mainly um, Monday or Friday, we ask that you allow others to share first their experience, strength, and hope so they have an opportunity as well. So who would like to share on what was read? You need your first name and the first initial of your last name, please. Rick J. Rick? Callie C.? Callie C. Katie F.
5: Felicia
0: A. Felicia A. Dara L. Dara L. Okay, this is who I have Rick J., Callie C., Katie F., Felicia A., Dara L. Anyone else?
1: Vasa O. Vasa. All right. that is a great group to get started. Okay, Rick J, followed
0: by Callie C. Please go ahead.
6: Good morning. Thanks so much for your service, Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive over here in North Carolina. And, you know, I think about my experience um, coming into OA. Uh, coming to meetings, having um, involvement in another 12-step program. And just I think for me, um, it was my comparison of myself to others in the rooms. Um, and, And it was so easy for me to physically compare myself to others and to see I'm not like you. And just like uh, it was pointed out that the word yet is is always hovering just over me, you know, just like ready to uh, to explode. I mean, it's it's like that delayed fuse. It's it's already in motion. It's already lit. The explosion may not have gone off yet, but, um, you know, so I would sit there in my arrogance and my ego and would just think, you know, I I've got this. I know about a 12-step program. I know about a higher power. I know about, you know, sponsors and sponsees and, um, you know, but that part of me that really had not conceded to my innermost self that I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable, I hadn't truly conceded myself to that. And that is the first step in recovery, you know, and I would, acknowledge just like it says here that yes i i've got some of these symptoms but i'm not as as bad as you are i don't weigh as much as you i haven't had the experiences you've had and um it wasn't until i started identifying with the people in the rooms that i realized i was exactly like them that there was no difference that Everything that was going on inside of me was going on inside of them, and they were willing to go to any length to get that transformation to change and I wasn't and For me, it took about twenty years well actually it took uh twenty over twenty three years to get three years of um entire abstinence because of that attitude, and finally, I'd had enough um and you know, as we, we learn, you know, um, I uh, I understood at last that I was completely unable to, to stop eating compulsively on, on, you know, on everything I had, all my self-knowledge. But I'm so grateful that I did have that gift of desperation that I was willing to change. And it all started with me identifying in with you and truly listening to you, to your heart, to your experience. And understanding that I am just like you. With that I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Rick Gay. Callie C, you're up, followed by KDS. Please go ahead.
7: Hi, good morning. Callie C. I'm a compulsive sugarholic from um from Salt Lake City, Utah. I am um, I it's funny, even the way that I introduced myself this morning, it's kind of funny. I just, when I first joined OA, I guess it's been 42 days now. I've been absent for 42 days, and um, I I was concerned in the beginning that, um, that I would be judged for being, like, I consider myself just a sugar-holic. I don't really overeat. I'm not an over, much of an over of anything. I just, um, I just eat sugar on a daily basis when I'm not abstinent, and, um, I just, I remember coming to to my first meeting, and even before that, I was thinking how I would be judged, and which is so funny now, because nobody judges me, and I'm so grateful to you all for not judging me, but I would think, well, do I really belong here, do I really belong here, and I would read some of the stories, and I would think exactly this, well, I didn't didn't think of it with this attitude, but I would think, you know, this doesn't really apply to me, this program doesn't really apply to me, but I want it to because I want the help, because I have some of these feelings that, you know, like I, I just can't get my mind off sugar. I have to have that, no matter how small it is, I have to have that daily fix. I have to have, you know, just that little bit of sugar just to carry me through the day. And... And, and so a lot of this applied, but the rest of it didn't. And I hadn't felt like, you know, like I had lost everything in my life, and and you know, I, I didn't feel all of these feelings. And and so it's just this this paragraph really really applies to me. And I love it when people would say to me, "Keep coming back, keep coming back," because it did take a few weeks for it to finally make sense. And I'm just I'm just really really grateful that I kept coming back. At the end of the paragraph, I actually put. Um, I actually added my own words to the quotation. So where, where it stops at thanks for the information, mine continues. And I I added in the words, see you in a few years. Because that's, that, that's the road that I was heading down. You know, like, I just, I felt more and more and more powerless. And um, it just, it was just beginning to get unmanageable because the voices in my head were like getting stronger and stronger and it was a constant battle inside inside me like I had I felt like I had like a um like a little a good angel on one side and a bad angel or a devil on the other side. Like you know, a constant battle of what should I do? What should I do? So uh-huh. now everything has become clear. And thank you so much for for your time and thank you all for being here. It passed
1: Thank you, Callie.
0: All right, Katie F., you're up, followed by Felicia A. Go ahead,
1: Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a
2: recovered compulsive overeater. And everyone's kind of said what I was going to say, you know, just that it's yet. And I remember I started going to OA regularly um, when I was 21. And there was this woman, she must have been in her 30s, you know, which seemed ancient to me at the time. And she would talk, she would like give this recitation of, all the food she ate. And I would think, Oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not that bad. And um, so, you know, because I wasn't that bad, I didn't think I had to do everything I was told to do. So I worked this program on half measures, which of course gave me nothing. And Hmm. I thought that I was doing so well, because I didn't eat sugar, but I ate honey. Where that reasoning came from, I have no idea. Um, I ate sugar-free items, um, you know, mimicking the real thing and, you know, just a lot of um, craziness with the food. And then after five years of doing that and, you know, really having – I thought I was recovered. I thought I was doing really well. But then I dove back into – uh, binging. And I ate exactly like that woman had talked about, even the donuts. She talked about donuts. And I ate so many donuts that year, it was unbelievable. And that lasted for almost a year, which, you know, in the scheme of life, <laughs> doesn't sound that long now. I mean, I think I, if I, you know, dove off that cliff today, I'd probably never come back. Or, you know, it could take a year or 10 years or 20 years or never, you know, I'm 62. Like um, it's it's a bottomless uh, bottom to this uh, illness. It's not like you hit bottom because it's right there. You can see it. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And if I ate that way 35 years ago, um, what would it be like now? I just know and I believe that this is a progressive disease. And yes, it is yet. Um, there may, there's a ton of food out there I've never had because it wasn't around 35 years ago. And, you know, I wouldn't enjoy it. It would not be fun. It would be torture. And I have to remember that. If I forget what it was like, then I may be doomed to repeat it. And I'm so grateful for a very strong memory. I may not remember someone's name who called me yesterday because seriously, I don't. But I do remember what it was like thirty-five years ago in the food, and I am very grateful for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank
1: you.
0: <clears throat> Thank you so much, Katie F. righty. Felicia A. Followed by Dara L. Please go ahead, Felicia.
8: Good morning. My name is Felicia A.
0: Oh, Felicia. Over- Sorry about that. Okay. Please go ahead.
8: I'm a com- I'm a food addict, um, compulsive overeater, and um. Thank you for this reading. And um, I remember when I came to OA, the um, I used to, uh, years ago, I used to, they used to call them 100-pound winners, meaning people who have lost 100 pounds. And I thought, oh, my God, how could you gain 100 pounds? That would never be me. Um, and, uh, you know, I just kept, it just really boggled my mind. Oh, how could anybody do that to themselves? And um, you know, I got abstinent years later in another program and lost a hundred pounds or ninety pounds and uh in this relapse, I've gained more than a hundred pounds and I used to hear people talk about the yet, the trap doors, you know your bottom you can have a bottom, but there's always another trapdoor, and that's the yet and for me, the yets are now uh un- being unable to tie my shoes because my stomach is too big not being able <clears throat> not being able to sit in regular chairs without the threat of them breaking i used to think oh my god i could never get that big but here i am at 260 pounds well uh, 253 pounds um i would never get to 300 pounds i would i would scroll through the tv there's a show called my 600 pound life and i thought oh i would never get to that but these are yet these this is a yet and um you know i I I, um, I totally dismissed this section of the book like just like they said thanks for the information that'll never be me and um this disease is progressive I have five days abstinent um, I have conceded that I cannot eat sugar and flour and uh white flour and grains and I, and I'm mourning. Um but uh the this this to to continue and say no I don't need your help uh and go through my day without asking God for help, without asking fellow compulsive overeaters who uh have found a solution for help, uh, is is insanity and it's just a road to death. A painful death. And and the, here's another one, another yet, pre-diabetes. I didn't have – I was in good health when I was abstinent, um, exercising regularly, not compulsively, but, uh, you know, just exercising on a regular basis and abstaining from uh, refined uh, sugars and carbs and all of that stuff. I was healthy, and now I'm pre-diabetic. I have high blood pressure. And so these were the, are the yet that have come. And uh, blindness is, is – you know, you can become blind from having diabetes. And I'm sorry, did you say time? I did. Oh, okay. So that's a get to. Anyway, thank you uh, for listening, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Alicia A. All righty. Dara L., followed by Vasa O. Oh, please go ahead,
9: Dara.
5: Hi, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. I live in Philadelphia. Um, I think, you know, it doesn't fully apply. It should probably be written on my tombstone. Like, you know, this defiant addict that I am that thinks, ah, like, the, you know, the rules don't totally apply to me. I can get away with this. I can get away with that. And I was thinking about how, you know, for me, when someone says, oh, I'm not that bad yet or you know, I I haven't lost everything, I think, oh, well, then they must have the disease that I have. Because with every other illness, early detection is a benefit. People get excited, you know, when they realize, like, oh, yeah, you know, I have something, I, I detected it early. And so now I can get the treatment. And in this disease, you know, we have two symptoms, right? It's I cannot control the amount that I take once I start eating or, you know, doing whatever behaviors are injurious to me, I can't control it. And I have a mind that leads me back to it. Those are the two symptoms. And whatever consequences happen as a result of the illness is irrelevant. Like that is nowhere in how to qualify someone as having this disease. And so I think about when I was nine years old, I went to a family party. I got drunk on adult punch. I, you know, I there was kids punch and adult punch. I got drunk on on adult punch. I was so sick. I never, I, I have not had a drink since I was nine years old. I'm now 39. Um, but with the bulimia, with the binging and the purging and the, you know, starving and the overexercising, it was like, Ooh, what, you know, I I had a bad day or a bad event and I was like, it'll be different this time, you know? And so I know that I'm broken in the area of food and eating because my reaction is such that I want to figure out a way to control and enjoy something that is harmful to me, you know? And and I'm going to tell myself, like, oh, well, I'll just wait until it gets worse. Or, oh, well, you know, if I can just control these symptoms or just control the reactions, it'll be different. But the truth is, is that the consequences are irrelevant. Like, in this time, my last relapse, it didn't get worse. It got different, you know? I gained weight, I wasn't binging and purging as frequently. I think sometimes I find that people in this program, I think, can delude themselves. This is my opinion, but can delude themselves into thinking like, oh, well, I'm not as bad as I, as I was, and I'll just wait until I get worse. You know, yeah, this is a progressive and feed. Fade- and fatal disease, but it's also in my mind, a shape shifter. And it's not just that I lose everything that I have. It's also, I lose all these opportunities that I could have had if I was fully in my life as a functioning person connected to God. So, you know, I don't find much value in looking at the consequences as a deterrent because consequences never stopped me. You know, it doesn't take me more than a couple of days to forget about the demoralization of, you know, a few days or a week ago. And mm-hmm. despite everything, yeah, thanks. I think they heard that. I have lost a lot as a result of this disease, and that never stopped me. And whether I lose, you know, I, I'm losing my connection with God are the highest stakes for me today. And with that, I'll pass. And thanks so much.
10: Thanks so much, Daryl. Vasa, oh, you are up. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive over here calling from Port Chalet, Florida. Thank you. Everybody's service during this morning, and when I came to OA, I they gave me the questionnaire. If if I was compulsive overeater, and I answered every one of them, yes, yes, yes. They didn't nobody had to convince me, but I had no clue, no understanding about. Uh, eating disorders or uh, compulsive overeating, I thought I needed to control it by myself, by my own willpower. And I was sick and tired of depending on myself and on my own knowledge to control the food addiction. And I'm thankful. I'm so grateful that I was led into the program. And I don't know what would have happened, you know, before that, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been able to be ready a week away before, or a month, or even a year or two years before that. Maybe I would have would have said, "Oh, I can do this. I'll do it by myself, by my own willpower." But I came to the point there was no control left in my in myself, and I was ready and willing to surrender to a power greater than myself and to the program. And the meetings and the and the tools, whatever, whatever. I just didn't want to die, and it, and it is a progressive disease. I mean, I could identify with some of the people in some areas, not not with others. And it is by the grace of God. Not yet. It is comp- it is progressive. So I said, not yet. But you know, if I continued with my behaviors. I will get to that point. And yes, I was beginning to develop high blood pressure, borderline diabetic, and it runs in my family. We all struggle with food food addiction and other addictions. But I I was so ready and I was just so willing and just give me, give me, give me the solution. And uh, I've just celebrated um, my recovery I'm not bragging. It is by the power of my higher power and my programs. 20, 38 years in over. It is anonymous, are clean and sober. And I did had to look on the sugar-free substances. I at the beginning I was eating here and there sugar-free things in my coffee. And then when I realized that was not, you know, that was no good for my body. And I gave that up gradually. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Vasa O. Okay, before we take some names, um, uh, additional names, just a friendly reminder that we are on page 38. We are on the third paragraph, starting with some of your thinking, just unpacking that one paragraph. Okay, so who else would like to share on this paragraph? Please give me your name. Sarah R. from New York. Christina J. J. Christina
11: J. Alexis from New Jersey.
0: Alexis. Becky G. Becky G. Talia Monica D.
1: from Minnesota.
0: Talia
12: D. Monica Kate. California.
11: Okay.
0: All right, that's six, I think, we'll probably have time for one more if we want, or we could see where we're at. Is there anyone else that would like to add their name? Susan S.H. I'm sorry, who S.H.? Susan S.H. Oh, Susan. I'm sorry. Okay. Susan S.H. Okay.
1: Another great group. Monica K. and Susan S.H. All right, Shara L., step
13: on up to the mic. It's
14: your turn. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah with an S. Hopefully one day people will get my name right. I'm from New York. Oh, um, so this meeting has been very powerful because I have been living in the whole yet story Right, The concept that, oh, this hasn't happened yet, this hasn't happened yet. But someone just shared, what am I dealing with right now? I, I hate how I am right now. You know what's interesting? I personally have lost 180 pounds by myself when I was in my early 20s. Um, since then, have gained it back. And if you think about it, that's, that's a whole person. Gone and a whole person returned. and I'm so focused on I'm not as bad as them yet that um, I've been able to justify to my broken self um, to my broken self why I do the things I do and it's okay because tomorrow I'll figure out a better solution, right? And, you know, it's very interesting because when I'm thinking, when I'm seeing all these into words, I'm specifically thinking about my food. But, you know, it's so interesting. I, my broken ticker and my broken self doesn't just start with the food. It's all of the other stuff. And um, that's why I'm in program to deal with the other stuff so that, you know, my higher power can take care of my food. Up until now, my solution, right? Um, my for those in the medical field, the mouthful solution when blood squirting out, kind of, kind of um, gels up the blood. So that's for me. My food, either overindulging or not having any, depending on who I'm angry at that day. Um, so my my the food has kind of just been like holding things in, like like glue, or just you know putting putting something like small interim measures. So, um, but it's really all the other stuff in my life that I have no idea what to do with. So um, I'm grateful for the steps for the solution. And um, it's just, it's just, you know, this is an aha moment for me. I don't have to worry about, well, I'm not, as someone said, I used to watch the 600 pound life and I would watch like a whole bunch of episodes back to back because I'm like, I'm not a thousand pounds like Amy and her twin are. But I'm super close to that, and tomorrow it could happen to me because I, I don't have a spiritual I I'm in the process of building a, a spiritual solution. So that's why I deserve to be here, and I qualify um, as an overeater. And thank you so much. With that, I pass, and thank you all for your service.
0: Thank you so much, Sherrods. Sure are. Okay. Christina J. followed by Alexis. Go ahead, Christina.
11: Alexis, that's in New Jersey. Oh, okay. I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. Uh,
9: Christina J. Yeah, go ahead, Christina. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Christina J., State of North Carolina. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to say. I will say that it's been many, many, many years since I said I'm not as bad as that person. Um, I remember standing in a grocery store and my Early 30s, I'm 64 now, looking at other people's carts, proud of myself for the latest diet routine that I was losing weight on. Those are the days when I had so-called willpower. And I never really, I just never thought I'd get like I am today. Never thought that. And what I have now when I see other heavy people, I don't know whether they have the disease or not, but if you're standing there in front of me at 400 effing pounds, I have a feeling you have the disease. <laughs> Nobody can live like that. And my heart breaks. I have been, I got to the highest weight that I got to because God knew where I needed to go for the misery to increase and increase and increase. And my latest relapse um, brought me to the terror and madness of my emotional issues. I mean, my body's at goal weight. But the terror and madness that goes on in my head, the horrible uh, fear, the shame, the incredible uh, disease that takes over like a mad woman in my brain and just jumps all over the place, doesn't know how to function, doesn't know how to do anything. I can't, it's an isolating place that happens immediately after the first bite has gone into 20, 30, 40, after I've finished the binge and can't hardly walk. The madness comes, and it's uncomfortable. And, you know, my latest debacle was like me, like that guy. uh, You fellows, you know, you're worse than me. Well, how am I saying that to myself today? I'm saying that to myself when I don't do the work. I'm not as bad as, you know, I don't have to do the work. I don't have to do 10 steps. I'm not feeling anything today. So that is a ego in denial. An ego in autopilot numb. You know, for me, I probably need to do a 10-step whether I feel like I need to do one or not. And I know a lot of people do that. Maybe I need to do five 10-steps whether I feel I need to do one or not. You know, set the alarm on my phone, check in with myself like many of my precious fellows that I have contact with do. Have I done that yet? No. You know, what is it going to take for me to say I'm not as bad as you fellows? I have to do the work because I'm saying I'm not as bad as you fellows because I'm not doing the work that I need to do daily. You know, I'm off in my own world. I learned these techniques when I was a young woman. I'm going to forge forth on my own. I'm going to handle things by myself. Uh Thank you. I'm going to finish up. And, uh, you know, that's how I'm saying I'm not as bad as most people, because I don't think I have to do the work. The disease doesn't think I have to do the work. I can handle this restless, irritable, and discontent. It's total bullshit. I can't. It takes me back to the food. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Christina J. All right, Alexis, please go ahead. Don't forget your initial of
11: your last name. Thank you. Alexis S. Um, from New Jersey. Uh, I used to be a rageaholic in my words and in my actions. And um, it's lately only in my thoughts, but I punish myself as though I I did it in words. And uh, I have the same remorse as in my words. And what is the difference? is, Is there a degree for it where you say, you know, like I was an rageaholic an angry person in my thoughts, words, or actions what's the worst in actions or in thoughts or in who can say what the degree God finds it in man could have it in such a way but not God Um, I've improved I've made spiritual progress I can pat myself on the back for that Um, so that's only through God's grace that's nothing that I've done to earn or deserve that um, I haven't been led back to the food yet, not like uh, it used to be at all, and not as far as I can see i have not i'm not let led back to the food um I'm learning balance and moderation and uh in all areas of my life emotionally and uh spiritually and physically is that I'm being realistic about it um, I'm never going to be spiritually perfect I'm never going to be emotionally completely cured I'll have a uh, uh, reprieve based on my spiritual condition the same with my um it's only gonna be a day-by-day thing with my food, nothing else, and the day-by-day thing with my emotions as they get out of hand. I have to commit to my sponsor this morning that I stayed up last, all last night arguing with somebody from the past and looking regretfully at it for, and not seeing my part in it. So I have to do another fourth step on it, and I'm on my 10th step now. So the 10th step to me can be part of the fourth step when you slip back into the past. So um, uh, that's where I'm at right now. And uh, I hope that helps one other person. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Alexis S. Okay, Becky
1: G followed by Talia B. Please go ahead, Becky. Becky G, press star one to unmute.
0: While you're doing that uh, page, we are on page 38 on the third paragraph, just to let folks know. Becky, are you there? We can circle back to you. All right, Talia B, please go ahead. Becky G, here? Hi. Oh,
15: Becky.
0: Okay, sorry, Talia. Becky was able to... Okay, thank you so much. Becky G, please go ahead.
15: Hey, sorry about that. This is Betsy G in Maryland. Betsy. Okay. <laughs> sorry, Betsy. No, follow that's all right. Maryland. I'm sorry, I'm trouble follow unmuted. That. Um so I just wanted to look at the self knowledge. Um you know, maybe it was it, it's useful to some people and and you know, it was not useful to me. Uh it's it I when I'm in delusion I I can't access any of that self-knowledge. And I do have some, you know, and it, it, it can be helpful, but it not in combating this disease, not, you know, I had, I could not use any of the knowledge I had gained so long as my brain was telling me why it was going to be different or better or work out this time. If there is negotiating going on in my brain, I'm in delusion. When I'm in delusion, I'm unable to tell the truth, (laughs) <laughs> and thereby make a sensible decision from illusion. And round and round I go again. You know, negotiating for me is the same as obsession. It's the it's the, it's denial. It, you know, it's the hamster wheel. It's me being conniving. It's the opposite of neutrality, of having the food quiet, where peace and serenity are possible, where I'm able to give with kindness and authenticity to those around me, where I'm able to receive, you know, so I can connect. To God, the God of my understanding, and to the others, you know, in delusion and denial, where I have no access to self-knowledge, I'm the Lone Ranger, you know, and it, it, it the, the disease wins out, you know. What, once I, once I experience what it feels like to be recovered, you know, I, I step twelve says. <clears throat> as the result, not as a result, the meaning one specific outcome, a uh, meaning, you know, the result could indicate there are several possible outcomes. You know, this, this is, this, you know, this this outcome is available for everyone. We do have to set aside, you know, what we think we know and, um, you know, put the food down. Um, Anyway, happy to be here. So glad to um get to share this morning and so grateful for this program for everybody on the line. Thank you. I Pat.
0: Thank you so much, Betsy G.
1: All right. Talia B, thank you for waiting. Please go ahead.
13: Hi. This is Talia Diaz and Dog from Minnesota. Um i recovered compulsive overeater i was just going to share that well i just did a 10 step and um afterwards i was like i uh want to be of service so um i prayed and share and sharing but i wanted to say that when it says um what you tell us is true but it doesn't fully apply or we admit we have some of these symptoms, um, but we have not gone to the extremes that others did. Um, I may not be carrying 300 pounds of weight, extra weight yet, but sometimes I feel like I've been carrying around like 600 pounds of shame and guilt. And for me, the shame was heavier than the weight. And, um, you know, and then I think that, um i understand myself or i can figure it out and that uh these things won't happen again or cannot happen again but the truth is is that they can and they will unless i rely on god with all my heart and soul and my entire being because the food always says you can do it talia or like you can do it by yourself or don't listen to them it's not that bad but that's my false pride and that makes me makes me think that I don't need anyone, it makes me only use my mind and my willpower when all the while I could be using God's amazing power that can move mountains and can um, just completely take me to all of the desires of my heart, like that's what's inside. And so everything with the food is totally distorted and cloudy. And, um, I just you know, but in recovery, everything can be clear, or if it's n unclear um and we need more explanation, we can reach out to one another, and God speaks through others and um, can share with us what we need and I don't have to my bottom might be different than other people's, and I may not have lost everything um like it says in that last sentence we have not lost everything in life through drinking and we don't intend to but again like um betsy was saying that's not that's just denial and um and i want to be in the truth and um anyways i am grateful to be here and that's what i wanted to share thank you thank you so much talia
0: d Okay, Monica Kay followed by Susan S.H. It looks like we can get everybody in.
12: Please go ahead, uh, Monica. Good morning. This is Monica Kay from California. And thank you, um, everybody, for your service. And thank you for the previous shares. And welcome anybody who is new or feel new. I love this paragraph. I, um, yes. What you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply to me. I came to OA in 2010, 12 years ago, and I don't know how many sponsors I had, 15 maybe, and I worked the steps and I tried to recover and few things happened for me. One was when I was desperate, um, the sponsor I got in that program they didn't work with me through the big book and um and i couldn't get recovery and also when i when i did work through the big book i just wasn't ready to surrender completely so for me what happened was um i i i was very prideful and i always thought that um i have this i drive this i travel there um i'm not obese uh, you cannot see the weight on me because i'm bulimic so i, I didn't i didn't shout and i live there and it's like a, such a big pride and what i did i took pieces so when you have a phone number and you call the phone number and you you call the phone number perfectly just you miss one digit you're not going to reach that person so for me, the way I see it, it's like I was calling the all the digits I was just missing. Instead of one, I was putting two, the last digit, so I never could reach God. So for me, what's happened is I, this time, saw that um, I left all the programs, 12-step programs, and I became extremely depressed. I thought I have a brain tumor. Uh, I got two therapies and couldn't, couldn't um, stand up off the bed. I was so, so sad. Um, I was thinking about not leaving anymore. I didn't want to kill myself, but I was thinking that, uh, you know, I might as well not to leave. There's no point of leaving. And there was nobody to reach out because I left all that 12 steps. So 75 days ago, I called somebody from the program and they said, would you sponsor me? And this time I was on my knees because I knew on my own thinking I I came to the depression and I pushed everybody I loved away. My sister told me, I don't want to talk to you. And all of those were blessing for me because I noticed that on my own thinking, that's what I create, depression, sadness, 70 days in, and my life couldn't be more different. I worked the steps with the program and that's what the solution, my sponsor, the solution is God. So um, I'm profoundly grateful and there is recovery here. Thank you. Thank you, Monica Kay.
0: All right, Susan H., you're going to take us out, please. You've got about two two and a half minutes. Please go ahead.
16: Okay, this is Susan S.H. Can you hear me okay? I can. Please go ahead. Yes. Okay. Um, This so describes the first visit I ever made to OA that all these wonderful, nice women that I just thought were kind of demented, and I I had no... uh, yeah. Did I think I'll wait till I'm worse? No, I didn't think I was gonna get worse. I thought I was going to find the solution to get better. And I I just thought I was gonna find it within myself. <laughs> and uh things got much worse. I I didn't know how bad they could get. But for me and my journey I had I had to learn what I didn't know that this This disease is progressive. I didn't know that. It will kill me. I finally started to realize that. And the many years of experimentation and searching for that perfect answer um, yielded nothing. Um, I am so grateful that I became teachable. I had to find desperation before, before I would be teachable. But, yeah, wonderful if someone can see where they're headed and come in. Um, I'm still willing to go to any length for recovery. And I am exceedingly grateful that when things get uncomfortable, when things get imperfect, <laughs> life's imperfect, when they get that way, I have directions. I can navigate the imperfection of life because I have the directions and I have a relationship with a higher power that I never thought possible. And I'm just very grateful to be where I am today. So, good paragraph and thanks for all the shares, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Susan S.H. Perfect timing. On that note, I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for another second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Today's Share ID for November 1st, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. uh, Vision for You meeting is 19,580. That's 19580. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, Followed by the Serenity Prayer. Vanessa G.,
1: could you please read a vision for you? Vanessa Prestar, one to unmute, please. Vanessa G., are you there? Okay, can you hear me now? I can. Go ahead. Okay, sorry about that. For some reason,
17: it just wasn't going through. Thanks, Amy. This is Vanessa G. Recovered in New Mexico. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.